Section 20 of Celtic Folk and Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Siddharth. Celtic Folk and Fairy Tales, edited by Joseph Jacobs. Section 20 Jack and His Master. A poor woman had three sons. The eldest and the second eldest were cunning, clever fellows, but they called the youngest Jack the Fool, because they thought he was no better than a simpleton. The eldest got tired of staying at home and said he'd go look for service. He stayed away a whole year and then came back one day, dragging one foot after the other, and a poor wizened face on him. And he as cross as two sticks. When he was rested and got something to eat, he told them how he got service with the grey churl of the townland of Mischance, and that the agreement was whoever would first say he was sorry for his bargain should get an inch wide of the skin of his back from shoulder to hips taken off. If it was the master, he should also pay double wages. If it was the servant, he should get no wages at all. But the thief, he says, gave me so little to eat and kept me so hard at work that flesh and blood couldn't stand it. And when he asked me once, when I was in passion, if I was sorry for my bargain, I was mad enough to say I was. And here I am, disabled for life. Vexed enough where the poor mother and brothers and the second eldest said on the spot he'd go and take service with the great churl and punish him by all the annoyance he'd give him till he'd make him say he was sorry for his agreement. Oh, won't I be glad to see the skin coming off the old villain's back, said he. All they could say had no effect. He started off for the townland of Mischens and in a twelfth month he was back, just as miserable and helpless as his brother. All the poor mother could say didn't prevent Jack the Fool from starting to see if he was able to regulate the grey churl. He agreed with him for a year, for twenty pounds, and the terms were the same. Now, Jack, said the grey churl, if you refuse to do anything you are able to do, you must lose a month's wages. I'm satisfied, said Jack, and if you stop me from doing a thing after telling me to do it, you are to give me an additional month's wages. I am satisfied, said the master, or if you blame me for obeying your orders, you must give the same. I am satisfied, said the master again. The first day that Jack served, he was fed very poorly and was worked to the saddle skirts. Next day he came up just before the dinner was served up to the parlour. They were taking the goose off the spit. But well becomes Jack, he whips a knife off the dresser and cuts off one side of the breast, one leg and thigh and one wing and fell to. In came the master and began to abuse him for his assurance. Oh, you know master, you're to feed me and wherever the goose goes, won't have to be filled again till supper. Are you sorry for your agreement? 
the master was going to cry out he was but he bethought himself in time oh no not at all said he that's well jack next day jack was to go clamp turf on the bog they weren't sorry to have him away from the kitchen at dinner time he didn't find his breakfast very heavy on his stomach so he said to the mistress i think ma'am it will be better for me to get my dinner now and not lose time coming home from the bog that's too jack said she so she brought out a good cake and a print of butter and a bottle of milk thinking he'd take them away to the bog but jack kept his seat and never drew rein till bread butter and milk went down the red lane now mistress said he i'll be earlier at my work tomorrow if i sleep comfortably on the sheltery side of a pile of dry peat on dry grass and not be coming here and going back so you may as well give me my supper and be done with the day's trouble she gave him that thinking he'd take it to the bog but he fell to on the spot and did not leave a scrap to tell tales on him and the mistress was a little astonished he called to speak to the master in the haggard and said he what are servants asked to do in this country after attend their supper nothing at all but go to bed oh very well sir he went up on the stable loft stripped and lay down and someone that saw him told the master he came up jack you anointed scoundrel what do you mean to go to sleep master the mistress god bless her is after giving me my breakfast dinner and supper and yourself told me that bed was the next thing do you blame me sir yes you rascal i do hand me out 1 pound 13 and 4 pence if you please sir one devil and 13 imps you tinker what for oh i see you've forgotten your bargain are you sorry for it oh yeah no i mean i'll give you the money after your nap next morning early jack asked how he'd be employed that day you are to be holding the plow in that fellow outside the paddock the master went over about nine o'clock to see what kind of a plowman was jack and what did he see but the little boy driving the base and the sock and coulter of the plows skimming along the sod and jack pulling ding dong again the horses what are you doing you contrary thief said the master and ain't i striving to hold the devil of a plow as you told me but that oncron of a boy keeps whipping on the base in spite of all i say will you speak to him no but i'll speak to you didn't you know you postoon that when i said holding the plow i meant reddening the ground faith and if you did i wish you had said so do you blame me for what i have done the master got himself in time but he was so stomach he said nothing go on and redden the ground now you knave as other plowmen do and are you sorry for your agreement oh not at all oh not at all jack plowed away like a good workman all the rest of the day 
in a day or two the master bade him to go and mind the cows in a field that had half of it under young corn be sure particularly said he to keep brownie from the wheat while she's out of mischief there is no fear of the rest about noon he went to see how jack was doing his duty and what did he find but jack asleep with his face to the sod brownie grazing near a thorn tree one end of a long rope round her horns and the other end round the tree and the rest of the bees all trampling and eating the green beet down came the switch on jack jack you vagabond do you see what the cows are at and do you blame me master to be sure you lazy sluggard i do hand me one pound thirteen and four pence master you said if i only kept brownie out of mischief the rest would do no harm there she is as harmless as a lamb are you sorry for hiring me master to be that is not at all i'll give you your money when you go to dinner now understand me don't let a cow go out to the field nor into the wheat the rest of the day never fear master and neither did he but the churl would rather than a great deal he had not hired him the next three days heifers were missing and the master bade jack to go in search of them where will i look for them said jack oh every place likely and unlikely for them to be in the child was getting very exact in his words when he was coming into the barn at dinner time what work did he find jack at but pulling at but pulling armfuls of the thatch of the roof and peeping into the holes he was making what are you doing there you rascal sure i'm looking for their heifers poor things what would bring them there i don't think anything could bring them in it but i looked first into the likely places that is the cow houses and the pastures and the fields next em and now i'm looking into the unlikeliest place i can think of maybe it's not pleasing to you it is and to be sure it isn't pleasing to me you aggravating goose cap please sir hand me one pound thirteen and four pence before you sit down to your dinner i'm afraid it's sorrow that's on you for hiring me at all may the div oh no i'm not sorry will you begin if you please and put in that hatch again just as if you were doing it for your mother's cabin oh faith i will sir with a heart and a half and by the time the farmer came out of his dinner jack had the roof better than it was before for he made the boy give him new straw says the master when he came out go jack and look for the heifers and bring them home and where will i look for them go and search for them as if they were your own the heifers were all in the paddock before sunset next morning says the master jack the path across the bog to the pasture is very bad the sheep does be sinking in it every step go and make the sheep's feet a good path about now 
after he came to the edge of the bog and what did jack and what did he find jack at but sharpening and carving a knife and the sheep standing or grazing around is this the way you are mending the path jack said he everything must have a beginning master said jack and i think well begin is half done i'm sharpening the knife and i'll have the feet off every sheep in the flock while you'd be blessing yourself feet off my sheep you anointed rogue and what would you be taking their feet off for and short mend the path as you told me says you jack make a path with the foot of the sheep i meant make good the path for the sheep's feet it's a pity you didn't say so master hand me out one pound thirteen and four pence if you don't like me to finish my job devil do you good with your one pound thirteen and four pence it's better pray than curse master maybe you're sorry for your bargain and to be sure i am not yet anyway the next night the master was going to a wedding and says he to jack before he set out i leave at midnight and i wish you to come and be with me home for fear i might be overtaken with the drink if you're there before you may throw a sheep's eye at me and i'll be sure to see that they'll give you something for yourself about eleven o'clock while the master was in great spirits he felt something clammy hit him on the cheek it fell beside it fell beside his tumbler and when he looked at it it was but the eye of a sheep well he couldn't imagine who threw it at him or why it was thrown at him after a little he got a blow on the other cheek and still it was by another sheep's eye well he was very vexed but he thought better to say nothing in two minutes more he was opening his mouth to take a sup another sheep's eye was slapped into it he sputtered it out and cried man oh the house isn't it a great shame for you to have any one in the room that would do such a nasty thing master says jack don't blame the honest man sure it was only myself that was throwing them sheep's eyes at you to remind you i was here and that i wanted to drink the bride and bridegroom's health you know you yourself paid me i know that you're a great rascal and where did you get the eyes and where would i get them but in the heads of your own sheep would you have me meddle with the base of any neighbor who might put me in the stone jug for it sorrow on me that i had the bad luck to meet you you're all witness said jack that my master says he's sorry for having met with me my time is up master hand me over double wages and come into the next room and lay yourself out like a man that has some decency in him till i take a strip of skin an inch broad from your shoulder to your hip everyone shouted out against that but says jack you didn't hinder him when he took the same strips from the backs of my two brothers and sent them home in that state and penniless to their poor mother when the company heard the rights of the business they were only too eager to see the job done the master bawled and roared but there was no help at hand he was stripped to his hips and laid on the floor 
and laid on the floor in the next room, and Jack had the carving knife in his hand ready to begin. Nop, you cruel old villain, said he, giving the knife a couple of scraps along the floor. I'll make you an offer. Give me, along with my double wages, two hundred guineas to support my poor brothers, and I'll do without the strip. No, said he. I'd let you skin me from head to foot first. Here goes then, said Jack with a grin, but with first little scar he gave. Churl roared out, Stop your hand, I'll give the money. Now, neighbors, said Jack, you mustn't think worse of me than I deserve. I wouldn't have the heart to take an eye out of a rat itself. I got half a dozen of them from the butcher and only used three of them. So all came again into the other room and Jack was made to sit down and everybody drank his health and he drank everybody's health at one offer. And six stout fellows saw himself and the master home and waited in the parlour while he went up and brought down the two hundred guineas and double wages for Jack himself. When he got home, he brought the summer along with him to the poor mother and the disabled brothers, and he was no more Jack the Fool in the people's mouths, but Skin Churl Jack. End of section 20